tidbit for you. Amen. We want to get right into the Word of God tonight. We've been talking about overcoming lazy. I know there's not a lazy person in here anymore after all this good teaching, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Tell me. Yeah. <laughs> shall dream, dream. All right, that means I can go to sleep in church, okay? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Did you put a couple of batteries in this for me? <laughs> Stones. Amen. Praise God. We want. <laughs> Amen. Um, we want to get right into the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. So we've been talking about overcoming laziness and uh, Hebrews. You need the batteries there up here, right? Oh, yep. Hebrews six twelve, that you be not slothful, but follow us of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Now the thing we've got to get in our minds as you are moving to perfection. You notice the scripture tell us. Let's leave the principle of the doctrine of Christ. In other words, let's, let's not focus a whole lot on the basic stuff because we're going to do that anyhow. Okay? You repented of your sins. We're going to talk about that. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. We're going to talk about that. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to talk about that. You've been told uh, to live a holy and godly life. We're, we're going to talk about that. Those are things that are basic things as a Christian, you're supposed to already know because that's what brought you into the faith. See, so we're going to continue to talk about those things. We're going to continue to preach about those things. But there's things of perfection that you've got to move on to. Amen. You've got to grow in Christ. We've got to go on, not being slothful. Because if you're lazy, you're not going to get there. Don't think you're going to get to heaven being lazy. It isn't going to happen. Okay. You you have got to. Okay, thank you. You have. Batteries, good stuff. Amen. So we we got to labor. We've got to work. We have to apply ourselves to grow in Christ. We want to know more. We want to do more. Amen. And the Bible gives us many scriptures. To help us to not be lazy, not to be slothful, amen, is designed to teach you and I that we are to be involved. We are to be busy about the Lord's business. When Jesus was a young kid and his mother and father lost him, how would you like to lose Jesus? <laughs> you see why Mary went crazy, man. She says, I can't believe it. I've lost God's gift he's given me, you know. So she's going crazy. She's in the crowd. You've seen Jesus. You've seen Jesus. Joseph, where's Jesus? She's going off, you know, where's Jesus? And where's she find him at? She find him in the church. She says, son, why have you did this? He said, hey, mom, you know, I might be about my father's business. I got to go to work. I ain't got time to mess around. I got to get a job. I got to do what God has asked me to do. And so that's the key is we've got to be involved. And that's why the Great Commission, you know, at the end, Jesus uh, basically in all four Gospels gives us the Great Commission. So go ye therefore in Matthew to teach all nations, baptize them in the name of 
Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. And Mark, he says, go therefore and preach the gospel of every creature. He that believeth that is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them to leave. And my name is shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. They drink any daily thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. And in Luke, he tells them to tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power on the high. And that repentance and remission of sins must be preached in my name against all nations, beginning of Jerusalem. So it's there, okay? And so that's to tell you and I we need to work. We need to labor. We need to do something to share the gospel of Jesus Christ so that we don't become slothful. We don't become lazy, amen, because we are pressing on, amen. In Proverbs 19:15, it says, The slothfulness cast into a deep sleep, and an idle soul suffers hunger. Notice, slothfulness cast into a deep... If you get lazy, guess what? You just go to sleep. You know? You get lazy, you just fall out and go to sleep. Be like Rip Van Winkle, you know? Sleep your life away. And then notice what it says. And you're going to suffer hunger. You're not going to eat. That's why Paul says to Timothy, he said, if a man don't work, he shouldn't eat. You know, there is no reason any born-again Christian should be lazy. You know, you shouldn't even be on welfare. You know, you shouldn't. You know, now I believe that if you have some handicap or some infirmity that prevents you from a laboring, then yes, you know, but that should not be a crutch for you. If you are a healthy individual, amen, because if you are, then you are disgracing the name of your God that you tell people that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask to think. (laughs) You know, my God can do anything. Why aren't you getting a job? (laughs) You know, so, you know, so if you have a medical infirmity or whatever, prevent that, then yes, but it should not. Even if you had to go on welfare for a while you should still be looking for some work so you do not disgrace God, you know. And so the slothful cast into a deep sleep in the night of soul will cause you to be hungry. Amen. And you can use this in many ways. If you just lay around and laze around and sleep and don't open the word of God, you will suffer spiritually. See? You're not going to know what the Word of God says. And this is where a lot of Christians really struggle. It's because they have no clue what's in the book. You know, because they're too lazy to study. What did Paul tell Timothy? Study. To show yourself approved unto God. A workman be not ashamed, rightly divine the word of truth. You know, I was sharing with the school kids one day. I said, you know, when I went to school, if I didn't do my work, they flunked me. You know? You know, but they don't do that no more, see? So he just letting them be lazy, you know? And then they graduate, and then they realize there's a real world out there, you know? See, and so we, we have to, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, if we are born again and we're God's children, we need to know what his word says. We've got to study the word of God. We've got to search the scripture. Even Jesus told the people, he says, search the scripture in John 5, 39 through 40. He says, search the scripture. 
For in them you think you have eternal life, and there are they which testify of me. And you won't come to me so that you can have life. A lot of times they ask Jesus questions. He says, well, how do you interpret the scripture? How do you read it? Say, you have to get in the word of God. You know, one of our goals is to read your Bible through every year. That should be something that motivates you. I mean, ever since I've been saved, I just have got motivated about doing things for God. I, I, that's just me. I, I, I love to get into the Word of God. My wife and I was in a conversation, and I said, I just love teaching. I just love preaching. If I could do it every day for the rest of my life, I would. You know, I, when I was, uh, you know, a missionary, I loved having services. There was one Sunday I had three services. I had to drive almost four hours to get to a service at 2 o'clock in the afternoon so I could minister and then get right in my car and go to another service to be there by 6 o'clock. So three services in a day, you know, because that's stuff I love. It's the same way with work. I love to work. You, you're talking about doing some work? I'm with you. You know, I do. I, I just, it, there's something that I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, a horse. I smell, horses smell war and they smell battle. You, you ever read this scripture? You know that, right? It says when horses smell battle, man, they just get something in them that they just want to run more harder to get there. You know, and, and that's why I am when somebody says, let's do some work, man. I smell it. I want to get there. <laughs> I want to be involved. And, and, you know, they say, let's go to church. That's what David is saying in Psalms 122. He says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know, if, if, if you're not lazy, you know what? You run to the house of the Lord. Right? You, you, you get your clothes out Saturday night. Everybody take your clothes out Saturday night? You wait till Sunday morning. <laughs> I get my stuff out Saturday night. Yeah, so I'm ready to go, you know. I want to make sure it's right, what I'm going to wear, you know. And I did that when I was in the Army. I I, I spit shine my shoes the day before, and I put them over by the door so I didn't walk out and leave them. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you get your uniform ironed and pressed and everything. You want to look just right. You You want to be right. That's keeping from being lazy. You're ready to go. You know you got to get up and go to work the next day, so why not get your stuff out the night before? You know, your kids got to go to church. Get up, get their stuff ready the night before. Don't wait till Sunday morning and get mad at your kids. That's when the enemy gets mad all the time, right? And so we don't want to be slothful, amen. We don't want to be asleep. You know, a lot of people roll over and hit the snooze button. No, get up. When God wakes you up, get up and... Get a hold of God. Get a hold of heaven. Amen. See what the Lord say. Pray like David in Psalms 119, 18. Lord, open my eyes that I can behold the wonders out of your law. What's in the word for me today, God? Faith comes by hearing, comes by hearing by the word of God. I might hit something that I need, some faith. So, God, I need to have a scripture that I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, to build me up on my holy faith, and I'm ready to go. Proverbs 22:13 said, The slothful man said, There's a line without. I shall be slain in the street. Proverbs 22:13. He says, There's a line out there. You know, I'm, he's going to kill me. You know what I said? He's too lazy to do anything about it. You know? Guarantee you. 
I'm going to get something to get rid of him. <laughs> you know, there's a line in the streets. You know, I'm going to, he says, I'm going to be slain. Well, get rid of him. Do something to get rid of him. <laughs> Proverbs 26, 13 through 15. A slothful man says, again, there's a line in the way. <laughs> Proverbs 26, 13. There is a, there's a line in the way. A line is in the streets. As the door turned upon his hinges, what does he do? He just roll over and go back to sleep again. <laughs> the slothful man hotted his hand in his bosom and grief. It even grieves him to bring it to his mind. Won't even feed himself. And that's lazy. You know, yeah. Feed me, feed me. Yeah. You know, no. If you're that lazy, Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> you know, you should be ready to work. You should be ready to labor. Amen. Any job that you have, you should be excited. Now, I said around here earlier, last a couple of weeks ago, we were talking for the rain stopped us in the tornado last week. We couldn't get there. You want to find what you love to do. If I was asked for a show of hands right now, how many of you are doing something here you don't want to do? How many would you raise your hand? Huh? Don't want to do. You're doing something here you don't want to do. Yeah, you're doing something here you don't want to do. You, you got a job you don't even want to do. It's not your forte. It's not your interest. You got, you're doing something here you don't want to do? Yeah. See? And so if you are... You're going to be discouraged. You're going to be lazy about it. You're going to take shortcuts. See? You know, don't think just because there's only a few people we can't do it. I I'm not going to do it or somebody else to do it. No. You have to look at the area where you are and say, what can I learn? And what can I make its difference? What change can I make? That's what I always do for me. Okay. I motivate myself, and this is one of the areas that is on our paper. See, to overcome laziness, you have to motivate yourself. When they talked about stoning David, what did he do? He was weeping and crying. His family is gone. You know, he's suffering. He's going through things. But David did what? He encouraged himself in the Lord. See, he knew his God. He knew God had protect, protected him. He knew God was provide for him. And so as a result, he motivated himself. Amen. And that's what you have to do. Whatever job you've got, whatever you're being asked to do, you should look at it with diligence and say to yourself, how can I make this better? What can I do, amen, to advance the kingdom of God from this point right here? What impact can I make in people's life from what I'm doing right here? Amen. When somebody walked through that door, what can I do? To be an encouragement and a strength and a help. Amen. To build them up, to edify. Amen. This is what you want to do. You need to have some goals for your personal self, for your, that section or that job that you are over. 
Amen. If it's just making the coffee, you should want to make the best coffee. You should want to make Starbucks weep and cry because people are going out of the church talking about how good a coffee Brother Richard is making. Amen. They should be running out saying, man, you need to go to that church called the coffee. Amen. Starbucks don't have a thing on that coffee. Man, this guy, is, he's the, he's the coffee king of the world. Amen. The kids should be running out of Sunday school saying, man, those teachers and man, that's the best Sunday school I've ever attended in my whole life, man. They've got it all together. Amen. You just don't know. You should be there. Amen. Amen. They walked through the door. They said, man, I'm going back because they gave me a bag of popcorn, told me to pop in. They gave me a lot of pop, told me that how sweet I was from the greeters. You know, all these things should be things that motivate us, amen, to the house of God to say, man, I'm going to do something. I want to do something, amen. That's the, that's the, the joy of the Lord is our strength, amen. And so we have to motivate ourselves, amen, because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, i got to do something for him. Amen. That's what David says to Ornette. He says, I'm not going to take your thrush and flow for nothing. He says, I'll pay you for it because I'm not giving God anything that don't cost me something. Amen. And that should be the attitude that we have is, I'm going to labor as hard as I can for God because I may not get another opportunity, amen, to be the greeter. I may not never get another opportunity to be the Sunday school teacher. I may never get another opportunity to make coffee. I may never get another opportunity to cut the grass. See? Come on. I may never get another chance. I don't know what tomorrow holds, you know. And so we should do everything that we do to the glory of the Lord. It should motivate me when I think of the goodness of Jesus. What can I do? What can, how can I impact? Whose lives can I change to be more like his? What can I do? Amen. And see, motivation, self-motivation. The Word of God. You know, in Romans, Paul says, if you got in words, you know, he says, there's a minister of exhortation. Did you know that? You should have a word to encourage somebody every time they see you. Complaint should never be in the, in the, in the portfolio. Because <laughs> you know why? It says, I complain, I get overwhelmed. See? Psalm 77.3. But you complain, you get all overwhelmed. But, see, you, you, you've got to get to the point to where nothing should hinder you from worshiping God. Doing the best. Being the best. Somebody's always looking at you. See? And that's, that's, we, we can't be slothful. Be slothful not in business. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. See? And whatsoever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord and not unto man. That's what you're doing in the church. Every opportunity you're doing something you're doing it in god if jesus want, if your job you have in the church if jesus walked in how would you treat him what would he find you know this is why you want to take action if he knocked on your door at home what would he find 
Samson says, man, I'll behave myself in my house. <laughs> he said, when you show up, I'm going to be right. You know, this is the attitude. we got to motivate ourselves. Come on. Because greater is he in you than he is in the world. God is in you. You represent him. Matthew 5, you're the light. You're the salt. See, you change things. Make it better. Purpose in your heart. I'm going to do better. I'm going to be a laborer. Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work I can do. Even though it's humble. Even though I got to clean the toilet. That's what the song is saying. Even though I got to mop the floor. Even though I got to cut the grass. Even though it's many. Or even though I pick up the booger rags off the floor. Candy wrappers. Gum wrappers. Take out the dirty diapers. <laughs> Whatever I have to do, even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. Say, though the work be great, I'll work for you. The cost be great, I'll work for you. Because, see, I made a vow. That's what the Sumpster says. He says, I will pay my vows. Where? Out there? No. It's in the house of the congregation. If I made a vow to God, I'm going to pay it. I'm going to do what he's asked of me to do. Amen. And this is what you've got to do. You've got to motivate yourself to, to get involved in the things of God. See, I can stand here and I can motivate you. You know, I used to tell trainees all the time, I will motivate you. After you get through doing about a thousand jumping jacks and bear jumps and push-ups and everything, you'll be really motivated. After that, every time I, you hear my voice, you're ready to go. You know? But see, in the church, you have to motivate yourself. See? You have the purpose. I'm getting up. I'm getting hold of God. I'm going to worship God. When you come through the house, you know, nobody, if there's no music, it should not stop you from worshiping God. You should be diligent, ready to worship him for what he has done. You don't you don't take a back seat because there's no song playing. You don't take a back seat because there's nobody not here but you. You and God makes a majority in any situation. <laughs> Amen. If two or three is gathered together in my name, I'm there. See? So you have to motivate yourself. Amen. You got to get with it. Amen. Get up and get moving. Amen. When I was in the Army, man, I, I motivated myself all the time. And I haven't stopped. I just figure, hey, Caleb says 40. Now he's 85. Man, I'm just as strong as I was at 85. I was at 40, so give me my mountain. You know? See, you never know. Think about Noah. How would you like to be Noah? 500 years old, and God tells you to build an ark. You know? And what did he do? 100 years. Sowing the logs. And what the Hebrew says, he built it at the saving of his family. <laughs> you know, God says it's going to rain. It never rained before. But he says, okay, I got you, God. He got busy. You know? We know he's coming again. 
We need to be diligent and busy. We have to motivate ourselves. See, if I motivate myself, I don't mind doing stuff. See? There's something in everything that you do. You know, the, the guys with the talents. You, you, you know, you hear that, that parable that Jesus talked about, the guys with the talents, right? Matthew 25. He gave one five, he gave one two, and he gave one one. You know, the five guy went trade and got five more. You know, two guy got four more. You know, got two more, got four. But the one guy, what happened? He, he was, yeah, he buried in the ground. When his master came by, what he said, I knew. I knew you was hard. You know, I knew you gathered where you didn't straw. I knew you reap where you didn't sow. And so I was afraid. And what did the master call him? You slothful serpent. You lazy, no good for nothing. You knew it. You knew how hard I was, but yet you did nothing with what I gave you. You didn't even try. You know? That's what he said. He said, you didn't even try. At least you could have put it in the bank. I'd have got some interest, but you didn't do a thing with it. What talent has God given you? You ain't doing nothing with it. Everybody knows your talent. God gives everybody at least one. You know? And if you don't use it for the kingdom, he's going to hold you responsible. When he comes back, you should add something to that talent. You should use it for the kingdom. That's why he's giving it to you for. As Esther, Mordecai told Esther, who knows? If not, you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. The world has turned upside down. You know, you might have got saved 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But how do you know you have not been brought to the kingdom for right now? See? You think you're too tired, too old, can't do it, you know. But how do you know it ain't for right now? See? What that talent is, you know. Wouldn't it be great to know that you're putting it together right now and making an impact on somebody else's life? Amen. And they'd be able to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Think about David. David was anointed way before he became the king. See? David was anointed many years before he was ever the king. See? He wound up having to run across the battlefield from Saul before he became the king. When David came to, I don't know if you know this, but when David fought Goliath, and he was already, he was already anointed to be the king of Israel. But Saul was still living and he couldn't get the position yet. He had to wait. See, you've been anointed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may not have the position right now, but hey, you got to learn how to wait. Labor. David did not stop because he was anointed. He still was a soldier. He was still fighting. He was still going out and doing things for the kingdom of God. Amen. Until God elevated him to his spot. That's why when David came down to the battlefield and he heard Goliath, he says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he's defiling the armies of the living God? When you read Solomon's writing in Ecclesiastes, he says, Where the words of a king is, there's power. 
Amen. And that's why David was already anointed to be the king of Israel. And so he was not about to allow his enemy to defile the armies of God. And when Goliath says to David, am I a dog? Do you come out? David says, today God will deliver you into my hands. He said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, whom you are defiling. And this day he will deliver your heads into my hand. Amen. And David took action. Was he put in king position at that moment? No. Still wind up having to be a soldier. Still had to find up washing his dad's sheep, going back and forth, everything. He kept working. He kept working. He kept laboring. And as a result, when it was time to be elevated to that position, that's where God put him. See? So you've been anointed. You never know. When God is going to say, you're it. This is your time. You know, I think the scripture says a man's gift will make room for him. So hold on. Just keep working. Amen. Think about the civilian sector. I am a civilian. I don't know. <laughs> I'm no longer in the military. <laughs> See, it's hard to get that stuff out of a soldier, you know. Civilians, you know. <laughs> but think about it. Amen. You know, the more you do, the work you do, the usually you elevate and move up the ranks. See? And your job. The guys that ain't working don't usually get elevated. See? And so we got to have the same concepts. And so we have to motivate ourselves. What do you want to do? Where's your goal? What do you want to become in life? Set a goal for yourself. Set a vision. You know? 10, 15 years of the Lord Terry, what are you going to do? I remember the first time I got saved, my pastor used to tell us all the time in Germany, you know, he says, Brother Rufus, he says, you got to live like Jesus is coming right now. And then he says, you got to plan like he ain't coming for 100 years. That's some pretty good advice, isn't it? In other words, you need to have a savings account. <laughs> you need to have a house. You need to have whatever you need to be live. You need to prepare like Jesus ain't coming for 100 years. But you need to live every day like he's coming right now. Amen. And this is why we've got to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we have to motivate ourselves. Amen. And all that we do. Paul right into the church at Corinth in the 15th chapter. In the 19th verse, he says, if in this life only you have hope in Christ, he said, you will be miserable. <laughs> you know, you read that scripture, you say, wait a minute, I, I thought I was supposed to have hope in Christ, right? Notice, he says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, he said, you, you're going to be miserable. If you're living in the world right now, what he's saying, if you're living for the now, right here and right now, he said, you're going to be miserable. He says, you got to look up, look out there. He says, you're going to a better place. You're going to a streets of gold. You, you're going to where there'll be no more sorrow, no more sadness, no more crying, no more pain, no more suffering. See, that's where you're going. Not right here. This world is not your home. You're passing through. Amen. So we're not just living for this world. We love Christ here, but we're looking for that day when we can reign with him and worship him forever and ever and ever. We're going to a better place. And as long as I have my goals set out there, I'm going to be motivated to go after it. Amen. 
I'm going to I'm going to do everything that I can to motivate myself. Amen. To be able to get there. That's what Paul says in Philippians 3. He says, brother, I'm not there yet. He says, but this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And the Lord says in Revelation 3, 8, I think it is, he says, see that no man steal your crown. Don't let anybody stop you from getting that royal diadem on your head so you have the cast before the Lord with the angels and say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for Thou hast created all things, and they are and they were created for Your pleasure. Amen. We're going to a better place. Amen. We have to motivate ourselves. Amen. So if in this life, amen, we have to motivate ourselves to do more. Faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. You just got to flip the chart. You got doubt, flip the chart. Amen. What's the opposite of doubt? Faith. <laughs> Amen. Isn't it amazing Thomas went down being called Doubting Thomas? And now when you don't believe, people call you Doubting Thomas. Yeah. You know, how can a guy get, get tagged with the name, Doubting Thomas? But then the next minute he says, man, my Lord and my God. <laughs> Why don't they talk about that? <laughs> maybe your doubting will, you know, maybe that's what some of you need to do is take your doubt and let it lead you to Christ. You know, how, how many times have you gone to church? Maybe I'll preach this someday. How, how many times have you gone to church and said, well, I went up there and prayed, but I don't think anything is going to happen, so. I'm not going to go up there today. Well, you know, it's cold out today. It's raining today. And, oh, Brother Parker's just going to preach a 30-minute preacher. He's going to sing a few songs. and So there ain't no need going to church today. You know? Well, I'll, I'll make the next one. I'll make the next one. You know? You know? See, you need to take that doubt and say, well, you know what? I was there last time. I got prayed for. Nothing happened. But today could be the day. <laughs> try again. Try and try again. You know. <laughs> and, you know. And, and you just keep going. You never know. You never know when God is going to show up and says, "Okay, today is your day, Jack." <laughs> you know, and reach down and touch you. You know, think about the woman who was bowled over for 18 years. She had an infirmity 18 years. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, she kept trying. She motivated herself to keep trying. The guy at the pool in Matthew 5, think about him. Every time the water was trouble, he was crawling, man. He was trying to get there. He was trying to be. And I think those people are examples to you and I to show us that God will come. And that's why Hebrews 10 says, don't cast away your confidence. You have need of patience. That after you did the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet in a little while, he that will come, will come. Yeah. See, God honors faith. That God was trying every time to get there. Out of all those people at the pool, I thought that's a unique story. Jesus goes straight to him. Say, hey, man, you want to be whole? 
He said, well, Lord, you know, I'm trying. Every time the water is troubled, man, but I just can't get there. Somebody always beat me up. He said, oh, man, take up your bed and go home. Yeah, that was his day. You know how long he'd been there? 38 years. But he was faithful. He was faithful. He says, every time that water is trouble, I'm trying to get there. He said, I'm trying to be the first because I know if I'm first, I'm going to be made whole. He said, I'm, I'm trying. The woman with the issue of blood, man, she spent everything. And as soon as they, somebody told her about Jesus, she says, man, if he comes around here, I'm touching him. And what she do? She pressed her way through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and immediately she was made whole. Jesus said, who touched me? The disciples said, Lord, everybody's touching you. Oh, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me because I felt virtue go out of my body. Amen. He looked around, seen her, said, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole because she was steady, pressing. That's what faith does is faith is no more than motivation. Esprit de corps. Amen. Esprit de corps, man, you just get down deep and say, man, I can get going. I can keep going. You know, like when you're out running and you feel like, I can't go no more. You know, all of a sudden you get that second win. And he says, I can keep going. I can keep going. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. See, this is what God is looking for, the faithful. Amen. You can't allow things to stop you. That's why Paul says, nothing shall stop me of this boasting in Christ. I have to motivate myself. I can't be lazy in my worship. Amen. I can't be lazy in anything for God because he gives strength to me as I worship him. As my heart is filled with praise, Jesus breaks the bands. When I raise my hands, he gives glorious victory. Amen. He's just waiting for us. Amen. Don't lose your hope. Get doubt out of the way. Amen. Just flip it over. Every time doubt comes, just flip it over and say, oh, faith. <laughs> I'm going on. Amen in Christ. Amen. James says, faith without works is dead. So, And you're not dead yet. <laughs> so you need to have faith and you need to work. Amen. He says, if you got faith, he says, you know what? You show me your faith without your works. He said, I definitely will show you mine with it. <laughs> he says, I will have something to show you that I have faith in Christ. And that's what we have to do. No, we're not saved by works. Amen. But our faith produces works. Amen. To make us do more for Christ. To labor more for him and to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. And to move more and more. <clears throat> Amen. Matthew 20 verse 1 through 7, is a story that Jesus is, is talking about hiring here. And he says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man that's a house. So he, he went out early in the morning to do what? He wanted to get some laborers for his vineyard. And he, and, he, and he says, when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them in the vineyard. Now, how would you like to make a penny? I think I got a couple of pennies. You know? Penny a day to send him into his vineyard. Amen. And he went about the third hour and saw some guys standing in the marketplace doing nothing. You know, and then he says to him, Hey guys, 
go to work. <laughs> so he sent them into the vineyard and notice, whatsoever is right, I'll give it to you. And they went their way. You know, verse 5, 6 hours, 12 o'clock, ninth hour, 3 o'clock. And likewise, they all went to field, they went to work. 11th hour, 5 o'clock in the evening. Yeah, almost time to quit. And what did he do? He found some guys standing in the marketplace, idle, doing nothing. And he says, hey, guys, uh, why don't you get cats working? <laughs> and what they say? Hey, nobody hired us. He said, I'll tell you what. Go ahead and go to work, and that's right, I'll give it to you. Six o'clock came, he called all the cats in. Last guy got just as much as the first guy. First guy's got angry. He said, man, I did you wrong. You agreed with me for a penny. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, it, it's the thing here. You know? We just got to work. He's going to be fair. You know, it's what he's trying to get us to see. No matter when you came into church, he's going to be fair. You know, you labor, you're going to be rewarded the same as the guy that came in 200 years ago. You know, you know, the same as everybody else. You're going to receive your due reward. And I guarantee you, because God has equality and equal, he's going to give you the right amount as he does everybody else. Say, but if you don't work. No, you're not going to get anybody else. He's going to say, get rid of him. See? And so we've got to be motivated about the things of God. I want to be about my father's business. Amen. Jesus says, amen. And I want to put my talents to use. I don't want to waste it. I want to make it, amen, for use. And I want to motivate myself. Man, I don't know about you, man, but when God give me some revelation of newness of, of the Word of God, I just get excited, man. I just want to, whoo, when I'm studying the Word of God, and, you know, I, I was sharing with my wife this morning, amen, God dropped a revelation on me, amen, and, and I'll share it with you sometimes, but uh, <laughs> we can keep you in suspense. But I got motivated, amen. It motivates me. Every time God gives me some new revelation, man, and from studying the Word, I just get motivated. I want more, more, more. Hey, that's why the Bible says, like, honey out of the rock, man. It'll be like a bear, man, when you find a honeybee nest. That's, man, just turn a tree down. You, you ever notice, you, you ever watch a bee, a bear want getting honey? He's not even caring about the stings, is he? He just wants the honey. See? And that's the way we have to be. Look how diligent that bear is. He works his heart out to get that honey. And that's the attitude we have to do. We have to motivate ourselves that no matter the pain, no matter what comes our way, we motivate ourselves to get the things of God. Amen. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, we can't allow anything, as Paul says, to stop me from the love of God. That's why he says, Romeo, what shall separate us? 
from the love of God. So tribulation, a distress, a persecution, a nakedness, a peril, famine, and so He says, no. He says, that stuff, you're more than a conqueror. He said, for I'm persuaded neither life nor depth nor angels nor principality nor powers nor things present nor thing to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. The bees shouldn't stop you. <laughs> Amen. Bees. Don't let anything stop you. Be here. Be committed. Be determined. Be sold out. Be motivated. (laughs) Don't let anything stop you. Amen. From serving God and worshiping God. Because you're going to a better place. Laziness is not to be in your portfolio. Amen. Because you're a child of the king. You're the light of the world. Amen. Don't let your light go out. And the way you do that is you keep yourself motivated, set yourself a vision, amen, of what you're going to do and what you want to become, and let God use you. Amen? I'll try to finish next week. I don't know. Amen? God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you tonight. Uh, Is there any questions, amen, on motivation, setting a vision, amen, and this is is what you want to do. Goal setting, goal setting for yourself. Amen. So when you go home, you know, if you're if you're a leader, if you've got a job in the church or you're working around the church doing something, do me a favor, okay? I want you to get a hold of God, and I want you to just have a good talk with Jesus. Say, God, I want you to just give me some motivation and some ambition and some determination the area I'm over, to be so motivated that when people see me doing it, they just go, wow. One of those wow moments, you know. And let God use you. Let him, let him work. You know, just purpose in your heart. Man, I'm going to just give it my all. And watch and see, don't God open up the floodgates and windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. Amen? Praise God. Father, I exalt you tonight. Lord, you are the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, and the door. God, I know there's nothing impossible. God, I thank you for your people, Lord. I thank you that they love you, Lord God. I know, Lord Jesus, they desire to serve you with all their heart, mind, and soul, Lord God. I know, Jesus, that you have the many great things for these children, oh God, that you have called from darkness to your marvelous light, Lord. And I pray that you set a hedge of protection around them. God, as they dev into your word, as they purpose in their hearts to, to do more, Lord God, for you, Lord, as they commit themselves, Lord God, afresh and anew now with new vision and new purpose in their lives, God. I'm asking you, God, to each day motivate them, Lord God. No matter what comes their way, God, let them know that your word still stands true and you will never leave them, you will never forsake them, God. And you have brought them to the kingdom for such a time as this. Bless them, God. Bless their families. Bless their loved ones. Work miraculous things in their lives for them, O God. Show them your power. Show them your love, O God, and your kindness in every area of their lives, Lord. Lord, we truly appreciate you, God. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
God bless you.